Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is the podcast version of my newsletter called Sarah by the Season, where I explore a little bit of everything that's on my mind as I try to lean into nature's wisdom and rhythms. Subscribe and learn more at sarahbytheseason.com. The title of this week's newsletter is Grief Season, Welcoming It. Many wisdom traditions around the world set aside time, and usually around September and October, to celebrate the dead in some form or another. There are the Day of the Dead celebrations in Mexico and many Latin American countries, Hinduism's Pitru Paksha, Buddhists and Taoists celebrate their ancestors for the entire month of the Hungry Ghost Festival, and the many variations of All Souls Day in places where Christianity subsumed the culture's previous traditions into their own. In the Celtic tradition, Samhain begins the evening of October 31st and ends the evening of November 1st. It is the beginning of the Celtic year and marks the turn toward the darker half of the year. It is said to be a thin space, a time when the ancestors' spirits and fairies are closer than throughout the rest of the year. Most of our American Halloween traditions are adapted from Samhain practices. At our church, we celebrate All Souls Day by bringing in pictures of our loved ones who have died. A few volunteers hang up the pictures all over the place so that when we walk in on Sunday, the entire room is filled with smiling pictures of our loved ones. Last year, I brought in a picture of my cousin who died when I was 17. He is perpetually 23 in my memory, but he would have celebrated his 50th birthday this year had he lived. I hadn't talked about him outside of family in years, and our All Souls Day celebration was a reminder about the importance of talking about our dead loved ones as a way of honoring and remembering them. My friend lost her dad this year, and she was telling me about a recent therapy appointment in which she was sharing with her therapist some frustration that everyone's lives just seem to go on while it feels to her like everything stalled the day her dad died. The therapist sarcastically responded, Well, yes, it's been three months since your dad died. That's about all our culture can handle when it comes to dealing with death. Our culture says you should be moving on by now. Even though the therapist was right, it made me quite angry, and not just for my friend, but for how stunted we all must be if we have little to no long-term support to help us carry life's heavy losses. Barry Specter in Madness at the Gates of the City, The Myth of American Innocence, writing about the necessity of grief, says, When survivors aren't allowed sufficient time to grieve, however, the wounds close too soon, remain infected, and never heal. Even if you haven't faced a loved one's death this year, there are likely other sorts of death that might be in danger of festering and in need of grieving. An expectation, a relationship, a story you told yourself that is no longer working for you, your own or your loved one's aging, the climate emergency, the state of the world. Living in tune with nature's rhythms invites us to reflect on what we're being invited to grieve during the season when nature demonstrates for us the beauty in letting go and the life-giving power of death. We have watered down the one day of the year that we Americans are even willing to think about death to be consumerized practically to meaninglessness. We desperately need to recover some of our ancestors' lost rituals and practices that not only help us grieve what needs grieving, but also help us relinquish our incessant need to stave off death with our intense workouts and supplements and 10-step skincare routines. In Francis Weller's should-be-instant classic, The Wild Edge of Sorrow, he writes about what's to come if we don't. We are depleting, with an ever-growing tenacity, the complex, multi-layered song of the world and replacing it with a single-pitched monotone, depositing empty calories, sterile seeds, and meaningless objects in every developing country while silencing forever the voices of hundreds of cultures. Every few weeks, a language is lost, and along with it, a nuanced imagination of a people who are rooted to a place for perhaps thousands of years. Soon, we will be left with only the barest semblance of the exuberant matrix we once had, as the monoculture of modernity plows into the lives of every culture, replacing their traditions with imitations of our own pale expression of life. 
I've been walking through some mourning of my own this year and have decided that this fall, the grieving season, that I'm really going to lean into feeling and ritualizing the grief that I need to process as the days grow darker. Martin Shaw, in this prescient essay, writes that we have to operate from both wonder and grief at absolutely the same time. One does not cancel the other out. It is the very tension of the love tangle that makes us, possibly, a true human being. If Shaw and Weller are right, and I think they are, an integral part of growing and evolving is welcoming in the grief that comes with being human. And there's no better time to accept the invitation than autumn, when nature offers us extra support with the grief that arises when we're open to it. To check out the actual newsletter for this week's Scattering Seeds, where I share things that help us lean into nature's wisdom, which you can find at sarahbytheseason.substack.com. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you know of someone else who might like this sort of thing, I would love it if you would share it with them. You don't know how big of a difference it makes to writers and creators when you share our work. Learn more at sarahbytheseason.com. And here's to welcoming grief in the season ahead.